I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 43. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Have you ever experienced a period of God's silence? The Jewish people in the time of Jesus' birth did 400 years of silence. 400 years between the prophet Malachi and the birth of Jesus. So what do you do? Do you just figure that God's given up on you? Or do you just keep doing the last thing he told you to do? The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come. Oh, come. hundred years? Looking around at the current political and social climate during the time of Jesus' birth, you would see yet another superpower ruling over the Jewish people. The Roman governors were all about power, and even the religious leaders at the time were more about power and legalism than love. Perhaps young Mary didn't consider such things. You know, maybe the faith that her family passed down to her was enough. Her simple life in Nazareth was enough. Life wasn't perfect, but she served the great I am. The child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from a sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. pondering the Christmas story over the past few weeks, and I hope you're not weary of it. And the song I've already been playing is Lauren Daigle's Light of the World, and this is the song we're going to use today to jump into scripture. But I think in today's world that uh, we want to go on to the next thing. You know, we always have a new breaking news story to see, an updated status, a viral video to watch. But I hope I don't hurt your feelings when I say that our appetite for something new is a sign of immaturity. 
When my nephew was just a boy, I remember a wonderful weekend when he came to stay with Ron and I, and we were newly married, and he loved his Aunt Michelle because I did crafts with him, and I baked and did things like that. And actually, if he told this story, he would be sure to include the part where I burned the cookies. Okay, I admit it already. I burned the cookies, but beyond the burnt cookies, I remember that this sweet boy could not wait to do the next thing. We made cookies. Well, I mean, to be honest, I think we used the jug of cookie dough from Sam's, so we scooped out cookies onto a a platter and baked them in the oven. And before the cookies were done, he could not wait to play the new computer video game that his Uncle Ron just bought. And while he was flying airplanes and smelling the burnt cookies, he couldn't wait to go outside and play tennis. And while we were playing tennis, he couldn't wait to go swimming. You know, we lived in an apartment our first few years of marriage, so we had all of that fun stuff that he didn't have access to at his own home. And then we had movie plans that afternoon, and I am not kidding when I tell you that before the movie movie was over, he leaned over and said, Aunt Michelle, do you think we should slip out early to beat the traffic? Dude, we're in Lafayette, Louisiana, not Los Angeles. No, I think we should finish the movie. But I have some. I have a feeling that some of you are like this. You're saying to yourself, there is nothing left to ponder about Mary, and I cannot wait until Michelle stops using Christmas songs. Or perhaps you're that listener who has found me, um, just found me. Maybe you're on a marathon, and I'm humbled, really. But I want you to give yourself room to breathe. You need to give your brain the margin to allow the truth that you're learning to sink in. You need to read the verses for yourself. You need to spend time with your loving father and stop long enough to see if he might have something to say back to you. Now, I attended a church while on vacation recently, and the pastor's message was fabulous. It really was. But you know how you fall in love with your own pastor or the style of your favorite speakers? And so we left saying how wonderful the message was, but that in that one message, there was enough information that our pastor would have made an entire sermon series off of that one message. Now, don't get me wrong. It used to drive me crazy. I felt like I could digest more than he was feeding us. But over time, I realized that by giving me the space that he was giving by taking his time, by using repetition, that it gave me margin to really ponder and process. And that over a sermon series, my pastor will fully reveal deep truths. And now that kind of pace is really what I prefer. Now I have a choice. I can use that extra margin to think on the things that I am learning, ponder them in my heart, or I can use that margin and just fill it with more noise. So you may not realize it, but over the past few weeks, I have used this season to slow down and choose such similar songs that we stay in the same place for a while to hopefully allow the margin that this is creating for you to learn new things, to allow the spirit to reveal new things to you. It will not work, however, if you focus on the boredom or repetition instead of the comfort of familiarity. Now back to the song and back to God's word. And can you hear the angels singing? Oh, 
One of the tips that I gave you in episode 41 is to read the details that are really there. And as you read the Christmas story and get to the part where the angels appear to the shepherds, you might be able to hear them singing, but what did the shepherds hear? Well, Luke 2, chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 tell us this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now the shepherds saw a multitude, a plethos in the Greek, an entire crowd of angels praising God and saying. Now in their praise to God, there could have been singing for sure. And I don't want to get bogged down in this too much because after all, it really doesn't matter whether they were singing it or saying it. In my opinion, it matters what the message is. And the message was this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, an interesting point here is that this this happens just after the angel appeared to the shepherds and gave them the message that Jesus was born. And the interesting point is that the word for saying here means saying it in a way that settles it. And so I think we're so used to this story that we kind of gloss over this point. You know, we're, we're very familiar, or at least I am, with the fact that the angel said, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That when I stopped to try to really expound on this statement for you, I realized I'm not really sure why this is what they said. Now, let's break it apart a little bit. So I get glory to God. At this point in the story, it is time for some all-out praise, don't you think? And what better than for a crowd of angels to appear to simple shepherds and show them how it's done in heaven. So I get glory to God, and I get in the highest. We're giving proper authority to God. But on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased? Well, Jesus is the peace, right? Because at that time, they were in external political peace. They weren't at war at this time. They were under Roman rule, but there was peace. Or are they talking about spiritual peace? Or are they talking about eternal peace? I think this is the point where I admit to you that sometimes I'm just not sure. So this is where I would jump in and read some commentaries, maybe some famous sermons, and just try to get perspective. Because I think a statement by a crowd of angels is worth discovering the importance of, don't you? So what about this light of the world stuff that we hear in this song? That wasn't in the statement from the crowd of angels. But I'm actually okay with this because it is still very scriptural. Because Jesus is the light of the world. Now, I can go back to the prophecy that Zechariah gave when he got his voice back and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not sure what I'm talking about here, I want you to read all of Luke chapter 1 and 2, like I've been encouraging you to do over the last three episodes. But in a nutshell, here is the prophecy that Zechariah gave over his own son, his son being John the Baptist. But it also includes details regarding Jesus, too. In Luke chapter 1, Zechariah says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, 
in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's, again, Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 79. And I read that in the English Standard Version. But the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. How beautiful is that? Jesus is peace and guides our feet into the way of peace. Peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest, and he has sent his peace on earth. Emmanuel, God with us, his peace in a person on earth, among us, among those whom he is pleased. Another way that a sunrise might be described is the dawn. And Jesus is described in this way in Matthew chapter 4 with a cross-reference to Isaiah chapter 9, where it reads, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world in John chapter 8. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I particularly love this reference uh, as, it relate, as it is related to Lauren Daigle, because she sings, also sings that song, How Can It Be?, so you can see episode 32 where I reviewed that song or, or pointed back to scripture using that song. That reference, all that happened in verses 1 through 11 of John chapter 8, uh, really we talk about in episode 32. But then this, this particular song, Light of the World, references verse 12. So up to this point in John chapter 8, is the story of the adulterous woman thrown at the feet of Jesus and those angry men that were accusing her and wanting to stone her to death. And if you remember, Jesus had been teaching the people in the temple when the Pharisees kind of interrupted him and threw her at his feet. And he handled that situation. And then in verse 12, it says he turns back to the people he was teaching. And that's when he says, I am the light of the world. Now, I wonder what he was teaching before he was so rudely interrupted. I mean, was it one of those things where he was teaching something and that this statement, I'm the light of the world, was that final climatic point and he was interrupted and so he just kind of started back where he left off? Or is this truth about Jesus, this truth that he is the light of the world, was this directly related to the scene that unfolded in the midst of his teaching? So if we look at these verses side by side, we see in Zechariah's prophecy in Luke, those who sit in darkness. And then in Matthew and Isaiah, we see people who sat in darkness. And then in, in John, from the lips of Jesus about himself, he see, we see those who walk in darkness. Now, this is obviously not a physical darkness that we are discussing here, but it's a spiritual darkness. And even though we may not fully understand every detail, it is a good idea to praise and give glory to the light of the world. Now, in closing, I love the bridge because here is where it comes all home for us. I think that we can all identify with waiting in the silence. 
We can all identify for longing for a little bit of hope. We can identify with desperate, unanswered prayers. In all of these situations, Jesus is the answer. Emmanuel, God with us, is the answer. What's next? Will you get mad at me if I tell you to pull out Luke chapters 1 and 2 again? Maybe you've been putting it off and, well, this time, third, third time's the charm, right? But this time, focus in on the areas that we talked about today. Zechariah's prophecy, the angels and the shepherds, or any part that you find you kind of skip over as you read it. And if you want to go a little deeper, do a search for scriptures discussing light of the world until you get a real deep sense of the meaning or the idea that Jesus is the light of the world. You will be surprised at the number of scriptures that really reference that and use those tools that we've been talking about. Go to BibleHub.com or BibleGateway.com and see if you can do a search that way and then look at some of the cross references. It'll get you into God's word. And of course, that is the goal. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Or you can leave a comment on this week's show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 43. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. I really appreciate all of you who listen more than words can describe. Thank you in advance for taking the time to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and Stitcher Radio And then while you're there, would you leave a written review and a star rating? Potential listeners read those reviews. They note how recent they are, and it really does give me credibility. And as always, if you take time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. An additional thank you to my loyal listeners and subscribers, our free memory verse resources that I create every week. Just a small token of my thanks and hopefully a useful tool in keeping God's word front and center in your mind every day. If you just log on to michellekneesat.com and subscribe to my email list, I'll send them to you each week as a gift just to thank you for listening. They are uh, wallpapers for your smart uh, phone, your tablet, your desktop, and even a printable resource. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. With one week left of Christmas songs, what better way to end that with a song that points us directly back to Jesus? So my next podcast will feature Baby Boy by For King and Country. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I have made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. You just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 43. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word, 
and consider His ways.